Hey everyone, it's Christmas morning. Glad to have a chance to be together and share the Word of God with you. I hope that today you're able to spend time with family, uh, reflect on who God is, and to see His work in your life. You know, a normal holiday greeting would be Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas, uh, but I heard this week that these times are, are difficult for people, and even for us, we, we have our own experience this week of uh, tragedy and things that are hard going on. And I heard it said this week that maybe it's good to just wish people uh, a gentle holiday. And so I, I, I wish you a, a gentle holiday. I hope that the peace of God uh, covers your heart and covers your mind, and I hope that the grace of God, uh, that none of us miss it, that we feel it fully in our lives and are able to uh, find grounding. Uh, through uh, this time. I've got a thought to share with us from the book of Luke about the birth of Jesus and the birth of John, actually. Um, And the sermon title for today is, Do You See What I See? In Luke chapter one, there's a moment here where we find out about the characters involved. We find about the main players and we find out about John's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. We also find out about Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph. And we find out that God has given both of them, uh, both sets of parents, vision through angels. And I want to start off with the first vision that we see recorded here in the scriptures, uh, Luke 1. It says in verse 8 that Zechariah was a priest. He was on duty. It was his turn to go in and light the uh, incense at the altar in the temple. And in verse 11, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, understandably, and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you were to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. A little bit further down, it says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Verse 16, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah was having a little bit of trouble uh, understanding how this could be. The scriptures go on to tell us, he's like, Look, I'm, I'm not sure I can trust this. I'm old. My wife is also old. And the angel didn't take too well to Zechariah's disbelief. And so uh, he tells him, you know, hey, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And because of your disbelief, you will be silent until these things are fulfilled. And so verse 21 tells us, The people were waiting outside, you know, wondering what's going on with Zechariah. Uh, What's taking so long in the temple? And it says in verse 22 that when he came out, he couldn't speak. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs, but was but was unable to speak. And so it's it's interesting because Zechariah, he's living life. He's going about life, uh, kind of the normal routine for him. And something different happens. An angel appears. And we've talked about angels this year. Angels are scary. Uh, angels are described in, in, in many different ways. But most of the ways that they're described, I think many of us would be uh, thinking that we're seeing something out of a horror film. Uh, some type of science fiction horror if we were to witness 
the splendor of an angel. And it says that he was afraid and he was startled, but the angel was very quick to tell him, don't be afraid. This is an occasion for joy. I've never really thought that seeing an angel would be uh, equated to seeing a vision, Um, but this is exactly what the scriptures tell us. Uh, Again, in verse 22, it says they realized that he had seen a vision while in the temple. This vision came to him, he struggled with it, and essentially the angel was like, look, you haven't seen what I've seen. And I'm trying to get you into a place where you can see what I see. And it seems to be that that's a theme that comes out from the Bible uh, in Luke 1 through, uh, maybe it's the whole book, but for today, uh, Luke 1 uh, through chapter 4, it's do you see what God sees? Do you see as he's looking to make clear to you his vision about what he will be doing among us? Do you see it? Do you latch on to it? In this case, Zechariah had a little bit of trouble, but he corrects course and he gets right on board and sees things the way that the angel was telling him to see. The next story, it says here that an angel appears to Mary, whom we know, we know well. And it says in verse 28, the angel went to her, Mary, and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And just like Zechariah, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, just like he said to Zechariah, do not be afraid. And he tells her, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Verse 35, after Mary asked a similar question to Zechariah, The angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 38 tells us, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And again, a vision, right? And the angel shows up to someone who's just living life. (laughs) This is a huge interruption. It's a huge digression of where her life (laughs) was headed. But an angel shows up tells her that she's highly favored and that God is going to do something incredible in her life. And he casts this vision. And Mary, again, understandably, is like, man, that vision sounds grand. How can this be? And after hearing the explanation that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Zechariah heard would fill John before he was even born, that the Holy Spirit would fill her and that she would become pregnant. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be as you've said. And so... Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. They sing, Mary sings. They look forward to their children being born. John, of course, is born first. And as he's born, they give him the name John. Zechariah's tongue is loosed and he starts to praise God. And he bursts out into song. And listen to what he has to say about John and about Jesus. First about John in verse 76, it says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. 
Here he is singing and shouting and proclaiming. He believes the vision that he had been given all those nine months earlier. He got the vision. Now he's proclaiming the vision and he's telling him, he's telling his son, you are going to fulfill this vision. And it's at a time where his son can't even comprehend what's being said to him. And verse 80 goes on to tell us that the child grew and became strong in spirit. And I'm sure he heard his father tell him the vision, the vision again and again to a point where I'm sure John began to adopt the vision. And three months later, we find out about Jesus and Jesus is born. And in verse eight, it says, nearby there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And again, a vision from angels even comes to these shepherds. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone around these messengers and these shepherds were terrified. But verse 10 says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Just like he said to Mary, just like the angel said to Zechariah, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And he goes on to explain who exactly it is that was born on this day. And so later in chapter two, they take Jesus to the temple to get him circumcised, to present him, to give an offering. And it just so happens that there's two people there who had been waiting for God to fulfill his promise to bring the Messiah. It says uh, in verse 29 that uh, a man named Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah of God. And in verse 29, it says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The second person who was waiting is a woman named Anna. And it says that she gave thanks to God down in verse 38 and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And so these two people, Anna herself is like, this boy is the redemption of Israel. Simeon is saying, I am laying my eyes on your salvation. He is a light for revelation uh, to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. God cast a vision about who these two young men would be. And it's incredible. Filled with the Holy Spirit, making straight paths, turning people's hearts to that of children giving them a heart of wisdom and discernment, helping them to see the forgiveness of God for their sins, being able to experience the tender mercy of God and being those through whom the Holy Spirit would do incredible things. Vision upon vision upon vision was cast on these men's lives. And the question would be, again, for anyone experiencing what Anna had to say or what Simeon had to say or hearing the report of what Mary had to say or what Zechariah had to say or hearing what the angels had to say, the question would be, do you see what I see? Do you see what God is throwing out there as the vision for these men's life? Do you see what I see. In the same way it said about John that the child grew and became strong in spirit at the end of chapter one, it says about Jesus in chapter two, verse 40, the child grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. The vision is being fulfilled. The vision that people in need 
the vision that people who have turned away from God, the vision that God was going to do something incredible to redeem and restore, it is being fulfilled in the lives of these two men, these boys who are becoming men, and everyone around them is benefiting from it. There's another story here in chapter two about when Jesus shows up at the temple and they leave him behind accidentally and he's there hanging out with the elders, with the teachers of the law, and he's conversing. He's having conversation. They're talking. Then it says in verse 47, everyone who heard Jesus was amazed at his understanding and his answers in verse 52 tells us that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Again, the vision about who this child would become is being fulfilled. Regarding John, again, Luke has to say about him, similar to what Zechariah said about his own son, Luke quotes Isaiah and says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, that is who John is. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And down in verse six, and all people will see God's salvation. Again, it's clear to Luke that the vision was being fulfilled. It's clear to me that Luke did see the vision that the angel gave to Zechariah, that the angel gave to Mary, that angel that the angel gave to those shepherds. And I, I'm setting something up here for us to consider as we think about uh, our lives and how we're doing seeing the vision of God through Jesus Christ be manifested in our lives. In chapter four here, here's the last bit of scripture that I'm gonna read. Jesus goes off into the wilderness. He's tested in the wilderness. And he comes back in verse 14 of chapter four, and it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. And he shows up at the synagogue and he's handed a scroll. And what it tells us is that he opens up the scroll and he works through the scroll with masterful knowledge to find the passage, the point on the scroll that says this in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Man, I just find it amazing how God had cast a vision at this point as we read the story 30 years earlier, over 30 years earlier from this moment. He had cast a vision that his spirit would do something incredible, that among us would be a king in the line of David, that salvation and forgiveness and joy would be running rampant among the people of Israel, that repentance would be occurring, that people would be turning back to God. God cast a vision over 30 years earlier saying this would be, and here Jesus is returning to Galilee in the very power of the spirit that was foretold so many years earlier that would be doing all of these things. And he finds the scroll, he reads out loud, and he says, the vision that Mary was talking about my mother 30 years ago, 
The vision that Zechariah, you remember him, that he had as he came out the temple and he told you guys about it. The vision that those shepherds had, but even bigger than that, a vision that Isaiah had 700 years ago is fulfilled in your hearing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me and I am here to proclaim good news to the poor and proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There's a lot of Old Testament illusion going on there, but Jesus is saying, I've come to give people that have had no opportunity and provide them with opportunity to be right with God, near to God, one with God, with the spirit of the living God dwelling within them. I've come to change what's possible for mankind. And while the world may continue to be how the world is, as we know later, the world has hated me, they will hate you also. Though the world will go and do the things that they do, I am creating a people who will buy in to this vision and let it rule their life. You know, when I think about life, and I've been thinking a lot about life this week, I think as many of us have been, I wonder what the future is going to be like. I wonder what uh, I'm going to make of my life. I wonder what our church is going to be like. I wonder what sort of vision we have about who it is that we're meant to be for one another and who it is that we're meant to be for the lost world. And, you know, this week we, we lost John Veal and, uh, we'll be processing through that for, for some time. And this week we're reflecting on and celebrating the, the birth of Jesus and we'll be processing and reflecting on that too for some time. And as I think about John's life and I think about the vision and the promises of Jesus' life, um, you know, I'm convinced that it's up to us to choose to have a vision about what God is going to do through his spirit, through us. And I'm convinced that time is short uh, and it's up to us to choose to make good on the Messiah coming to the earth and being born among us and casting a vision for our lives that gives us super deep purpose and reason to wake up every day uh, on fire and invigorated to do something incredible. Now, the, the rest of the book of Luke goes on and tells us a story of this vision being fulfilled. Uh, Jesus went from town to town, went into people's homes, ate with people, met people's needs, fed people, cared for people, touched people with a healing touch. And I look at that and see that is the vision fulfilled. That was the vision God had for Jesus' life and it became reality. I think as Jesus' disciples, the, the question I wanna put forth before us on this Christmas day and for us to consider as the new year comes and as we get into 2023, will you allow God's vision to be fulfilled among us? In the same way that Jesus came to live among people and to interact with people and to spend time with people and to love people and serve people and teach people show people the paths of repentance, 
and give his life as a sacrifice to do so, it seems as disciples of Jesus, that's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't think that the vision is unclear. I don't think that the vision is lacking. I think we have to choose to see the vision and fulfill it together. As we look into 2023, y'all, and as we get ready to take communion, I want to stoke a conversation among us. Uh, inspired by the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and also inspired by the legacy of our brother John, what would it look like for us to get into the communities? What would it look like for us to invite people into our homes? What would it take from you? What would it take from each of us? What would it take from our house churches and our small groups to say, I am going to see the vision of God fulfilled in my life. And the way that I'm gonna do that is by following in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm gonna love, I'm gonna have people in my home, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna preach, I'm gonna help people walk on sturdy paths, I'm gonna be there for people, I'm gonna lay down my life so that people can experience the kingdom. I hope that you can feel encouraged, I hope that there's a sober bone or two or three in our body. I hope that we can really take time to reflect on the word of God and recent happenings and ask ourselves, have I been seeing what it is that God sees? I envision things beyond what I've shared and maybe hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about those things as this year comes. But for what I've shared today, I, I wanna ask, do you see what I see? Do you see the path of Jesus? Do you see that God has given vision upon vision upon vision and that in Jesus' life, those visions were fulfilled. Do you, do you see that that same vision is meant to be fulfilled in our lives too? I hope this gives you something to think about and that again, that the holidays are gentle to you, that you see the grace of God in all of this, that the peace of God fills your life and uh, that we can come back together and have a stimulating conversation and make plans together uh, to make the most of uh, 2023 um, God willing and the, the life that God allows us to live. All right, let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you uh, for life today. Uh, I want to thank you uh, for all the chances that we've had to turn to you. And I count this very moment as another opportunity to turn to you uh, and to ask you to fill our hearts, to fill our minds, to fill us with your Holy Spirit and to help us to see clearly uh, the vision that you have for us to fulfill and live out the very same life that Jesus lived while he was on the earth. Uh, we are his body. And I pray that everything you envision doing through us, saving souls, helping the marginalized, loving one another and being a, a safe place of, of shelter for one another and all the things beyond that. God, I pray that our vision, that your vision for us would be fulfilled and that we would partner with you uh, to see things the way that you see them and to uh, do everything within our power uh, to continue manifesting and fulfilling the vision that you've laid out for us through the example of Jesus. Thank you for his life and his death. Uh, thank you for his resurrection. And we pray that as we take this juice and take this bread, that we can reflect on these things with a heart that, that, that honors you and uh, that leads us more closely uh, to the path that you want us to be on. So Jesus, let me pray. Amen.